Friends, allies, comrades, welcome to Last Minute Politics. My name is Pepper Coyote, and I am once again joined by now frequent guest and friend of the show, Beatrice Poundwell. Say hello. Hello. I'm Beatrice Poundwell. Thanks for having me. We sure have some nonsense to talk about this week. And uh, first of all, you're familiar with Final Fantasy VII, right? Yes, I am. So there's a thing. <laughs> there's. I'm trying to think of like a more gentle way to say this, but I think it'd be funnier if I don't anyway. Uh, there's a thing in porn on the internet where they've decided, like, weeaboo, an- an- anime people have decided that, uh, who is it, uh, Aerith, Aerith, the girl who, uh, I-, I, won't add, I won't add spoilers to this, but like the magic pink dressed lady. Yes, uh, I remember, I remember, yeah. I remember the guy with the giant sword. Yes. So there's a there's a common pairing, which is not Furry's fault, but I'm sure we'll fucking get blamed for it because that's just how like that's how it's not what it looks like. Uh, where her heiress is like paired up in uh in pornographic materials with Red Thirteen, who is a talking uh cat wolf monster. <laughs> do you know Do you know what I mean? Uh, not really. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> so, I am out of my territory here. <laughs> so, I just want to point out, and uh, this is also was this was hotly debated by someone, who, uh, a fanboy of this game who lives in my house, that it is not perverts' fault that this is what has happened. In the text of the game Final Fantasy VII, there is a scene where who comes popping up out of a out of the floor in the evil Shinra Corporation's lab that you come in, you you, you run in like we're here to save Eris, and then she comes up in like a, a a a pod, like a glass prison cell with her, and for the first time you've seen them, Red Thirteen. You think, oh, they have a monster, they're like trying to kill her, and they're like. And then they explain their evil plan, and it's, well, you see, Eris is part god, but not part enough. Like, she's not pure enough in her god genes. And that monster, who uh, you then learn is, you eventually learn is called Red 13, is also part god. But they, uh, we think that if we breed the two of them, they'll make a more genetically pure god. <laughs> and... <laughs> I am sick of this being laid the blame on uh, internet perverts. That shit started in the text. That is not subtext. That is not alluded to. It is explicitly stated (laughs) in everyone's favorite video game of all time that that lady was going to fuck a monster (laughs) according to the evil villain's plans. I I mean okay so this is a little out of my depth but I I don't find it hard to believe that a Japanese video game has a lady wanting to fuck a monster that sounds she does, about she does not want to fuck this monster <laughs> <laughs> she is being like, oh, I see, this is I a see. situation you're explicitly trying to save her from to I see fair. that makes even more that makes even more sense yes <laughs> And you then no. you then learn later that like Red is like a chill dude, and he probably he probably wouldn't have done anything. Like he wasn't gonna like rape Eris. <laughs> so it all ended up kind of like being okay. 
But I am told that this does not happen in the video game. And that is the reason I am thinking of it now. It does. <laughs> Facts don't care about you. <laughs> the plot of Final Fantasy VII does not care about your emotions. That's what they put in the game. And if that's not what they wanted to put in the game, well, Shigeru Miyamoto should have slapped <laughs> Koji Kondo right in the... Wait, what game are we talking about? Shigeru Miyamoto... <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto invented every video game, right? He's <laughs> So here's what's interesting. We are now, Final Fantasy VII Remake is now its own franchise. <laughs> it's going to be its oh, own okay. series. They remade the first, they remade the first like disc of, of <laughs> seven and charged everybody $60 for it and stretched it out to be full game-like. I don't think it's like a ripoff they paid for it, but the implication, the plan is that now the rest of the plot's going to happen and I want to know. Is Nobuo Uematsu, that's not the right guy. Crap, who's the creative director right now? I know that guy's name. Nomura. Tetsuya Nomura. That's who I'm freaking thinking of. I want to know if Tetsuya Nomura is going to put that in the plot or if he's going to alter it. And if so, how? <laughs> like, if they do the game plot, she's going to come up in the little glass jail cell again with red. What? <laughs> Is he just going to faithfully recreate that? Is he going to alter it slightly? Does he feel weird about this? Or he's like, well, you know, that happens. That's part of the four, uh, the three-act structure. You save the lady from the monster penis. And then of course, you blow yes. Up, you blow up the Shinra Corporation. <laughs> yes, I remember that from film school, yeah. <laughs> In script writing, it's like unit four. Exactly right. Where you discuss the monster unit. and. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody knows that, yeah. <laughs> This is 101 level material, Detsuya, exactly. and I want to see what you do with this. <laughs> we are a podcast about politics, and I have some politics to discuss today. You know what? Maybe that was a good setup, because after that, I can throw this at people, and they'll be like, yeah, that's not even the weirdest thing they've talked about today. <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, let me read the official title of the document that I'm about to read for most of you. For most of you... <laughs> Some of you will not hear it. It will be at a, at a frequency that only the true believers can hear. Um, <laughs> it's called China's Position on the Political Settlement of the Ukraine Crisis. I, I would love to know uh, how many people have heard of this before I throw it out there or knew any details of it or even had like vague allusions to. But on February 24th, uh, and a, a, a bit leading up to it, China. There's a lot of UN discussions going on, like as they as there always are. And China said, "Hey, we have a peace plan, uh, or at least a way." Calling it a peace plan is like overstating. That sounds like here's step one, step two, and then the the peace will occur. It's more like uh, they're they're releasing a stance at the very least, with the hopes of guiding the Ukrainian war to an end, a thing that hopefully all of us want an end to the war. I want to read these points for you because it's not a super long thing. Uh, I'm not going to stop after every point, but if you feel the need, if you feel the spirit move you, Beatrice, please start yelling. I will shut up. <laughs> I, I'll just, I'll just say uh, I was reading this. It, it reads like a, like a mission statement for like a startup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, a little bit. Like that's why <laughs> it's not really a plan. <laughs> it's, it's, Exactly, but it's I'm putting together, so I was putting together my sources, and for my articles, what I wanted to talk about, and I'm like, oh shit, Pepper's gonna, like, give me shit, because I have CNBC, 
and he's going to give me shit for it being biased. Oh, let's look at his article. Oh, the People's Republic of China official <laughs> statement. Oh, okay. I'm not too worried about it then. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is from FM Foreign Ministry, PRC, People's Republic of China, .gov.cn. So this is just like from official Chinese government website. This is directly from the source. Damn it. The source. The number ch- one. The Chinese government. Okay, yes, go the ahead. Source that, well, look, <laughs> who's the number one source on shit the Chinese government said? The Chinese government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. They know what they said, yeah. They Here it what- is. Okay. China's position on the political settlement of the Ukraine crisis. Item one, respecting the sovereignty of all countries. Universally recognized international law, including the purposes and principles of the United Nations Charter, must be strictly observed. The sovereignty, independence, and territorial integrity of all countries must be effectively upheld. All countries, big or small, strong or weak, rich or poor, are equal members of the international community. All parties should jointly uphold the basic norms governing international relations and defend international fairness and justice. Equal and uniform application of international law should be promoted, while double standards must be rejected. Number two, abandoning the Cold War mentality. The security of a country should not be pursued at the expense of others. The security of a region should not be achieved by strengthening or expanding military blocks. The legitimate security interests and concerns of all countries must be taken seriously and addressed properly. There is no simple solution to a complex issue. All parties should, following the vision of common, comprehensive, cooperative, and sustainable security... And bearing in mind the long-term peace and stability of the world, help forge a a balanced, effective, and sustainable European security architecture. All parties should oppose the pursuit of one's own security at the cost of others' security, prevent block confrontation, and work together for peace and stability on the Eurasian continent. Three, so ceasing you're literally You're just going to read the whole thing straight through. I probably am. That's what I'm saying. You jump in if you have shit to say. I want to get it out there because no one's ever going to hear this. The most you're going to hear is you'll go, China proposes bizarre document. And you're like, well, what the fuck does it actually say? Well. <laughs> Putting out of the world. It, I, what do oh, you yeah. think? It's, it's a list of 12 things that why would anybody disagree? I, it's. I don't know. I, what's the point, I guess? What's the point? My I, point of reading this is I want to give a simulation of what a response from like a serious international player would say if their goal was ending a war. Or if they're trying to put on a very elaborate play and ruse in which they pretend they want to end a war but secretly want to make it worse. Sure. What do you get when you go to the United States official website? You won't even find this. You won't even find, like, here's a list of how we're going to, like, work towards. All you get is, like, this vague, we will fight until freedom and democracy and uh, look over there. Like, like sure. it's just vagities. Fair enough. Yeah. If, how amazing uh, would it be <laughs> for the U.S. To, say, to come up and say, we need to respect everyone's international sovereignty? Sure, yeah, and here's a paragraph about what that actually means. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Because they got nothing. Like, U.S. foreign policy does not respect the sovereignty of all countries. We're in Syria and have been for the last, like, several years. That was Obama's war he got going. He bombed the fuck out of Syria. And do people even know we're in there? We're occupying a third of Syria, the third that has the oil and wheat. And no one seems to give a shit. Why, like, why are we? We haven't declared war. Like, as far as our internet, our like official policy. Well, goes, in in fairness, that does sound like that does sound like the best third <laughs> of Syria. Like, if you're going, 
Like, yeah. of the Neapolitan ice cream, this is the chocolate? Sure, yeah. I mean, we have good taste in thirds of Syria. That's all I'm saying. If we're going to take one over, that's all I'm saying. We occupied so, the third of Syria that has the most rallies. So I <laughs> have <laughs> so I have taken up your challenge, and I'm, I've looked for the equivalent uh, on the United States government page. I've yet to find it, but I will let you know. Continue. <laughs> There's no peace proposal. They don't want to propose peace. They're proposing further war. Sure, fair Three enough. <laughs> uh, here, I am here I am defending the status quo of America. I didn't. I didn't know this was my role, but fair enough. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I only maybe I'll, I'll only read like the next two in their full. And I'll just like slap through the list. I think these ones are important. Three Continue. ceasing hostilities, conflict and war benefit no one. All parties must stay rational and exercise restraint, avoiding fanning the flames and aggravating tensions, and prevent the crisis from deteriorating further or even spiraling out of control. All parties should support Russia and Ukraine in working in the same direction and resuming direct dialogue as quickly as possible so as to gradually de-escalate the situation and ultimately reach a comprehensive ceasefire. Four, resuming peace talks. Dialogue and negotiation are the only viable solution to the Ukraine crises. All efforts, you know who else has said that? Various American generals even. They've since, like, they've got to them. They're like, you shut the fuck up. But they're like, there were <laughs> officials within the Biden administration who were like, hey, you know that this is probably going to end. Uh, well, there's two ways wars end post-1890, and that's you either uh, wipe them off the face of the earth or you have a negotiation. Even Vietnam, that's how that shit ended. We tried to wipe them <laughs> off the face of the earth. It didn't work out, and we signed some papers, then we bombed Saigon and left. Sorry, we bombed <laughs> Saigon, uh, not Saigon, uh, Ho Chi Minh, the, the, the city north. Uh, what the fuck am I thinking of? Gotta uh, have the right Ho city. Ho Chi Minh. Be mad. We didn't start the fire. That just <laughs> song makes me think of that song. Hanoi. We bombed the fuck out of Hanoi, then signed some papers and left. But, like, that's how wars end in the modern age. And I don't understand why it is unacceptable to acknowledge that and, like, say, hey, we should get to that part, like, as soon as possible because that means we're not shooting at each other. Ceasefire, negotiations, that's how wars end. Hey, I'm accepting it. I accept that. I accept it. <laughs> so... I'm glad. I wish you were a foreign minister. So I, fe <laughs> I feel like um, I found a, a equivalent in the White House website I put in the chat. Uh, and if we scroll down, I think we see one paragraph about restoring America's global standing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that sounds like? Respecting the sovereignty of all countries. <laughs> So, it's like how they yes. talk about like fucking athletes where it's like we need to restore the legacy of Michael Jordan. <laughs> also, <laughs> I will say I don't know if these priorities are in order of importance, but that's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what are the other ones, please? Uh, okay. Um, uh, these each come with a paragraph, but uh, number one, COVID-19. Uh, climate. Okay. <laughs> Wait, this is about Ukraine? <laughs> no, no, no. This is just in general. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. 
No, no, no. This isn't specifically about the Ukraine, no. This is just their priorities in general. COVID, climate, racial equality, economy. It's just the general things that a president has to do. <laughs> uh, healthcare, immigration, and last but not least, restoring America's global standing. I won't read the full rest of the document. Uh, please do on your own. Look up China's position on the political settlement of the Ukraine crisis. Or just look up like China peace plan and you'll find somebody being like, they said they want to eat all the babies and then you'll you'll be fully educated. You can move on. But we have four resuming peace talks, five resolving the humanitarian cri humanitarian crisis, six protecting civilians and prisoners of war, seven keeping nuclear power plants safe. They threw that one in because somebody wink wink was uh, was like shelling right next to on top of a nuke plant in Ukraine. Seems like a bad idea, regardless of who is doing it. Uh, <laughs> wink wink. Eight reducing strategic risks. Nine facilitating grain exports. That's <laughs> uh, ten stopping. You imagine if wheat cost as much as eggs right now uh, facilitating grain exports 10 stopping unilateral sanctions 11 keeping industrial and supply chains stable and 12 promoting post-conflict reconstruction that i think the u.s is totally down with because a lot of contractors want to move in as soon as possible <laughs> why would they uh seriously uh, don't know why why would they uh, point out grain exports. What's the deal with that? So that's part uh, Ukraine. Uh, actually, the yellow in their flag is for the waves of grain. Like Ukraine sure. has a makes a shit ton of wheat. Like I know California makes like most of makes a humongous chunk of just the whole world's food at this point. Not because it all should be and has to be grown in California, but because we've kind of lobbied that uh, that that is how it works and sure. NAFTA and all this shit. Uh, but Ukraine provides a large amount of not just Europe, but the world and Africa, especially like the grain exports are, are humongous coming from there. And they have been, through sanctions and uh, well, the war itself making farming a lot harder to do. Yeah, it's potentially creating or already has created. I don't know what's propaganda. I don't know what's real. Either will create, could create, has created a famine because <laughs> suddenly people can't get wheat. And for richer people, it means you just have to pay a lot for bread. And it's, if you can't afford it, then you just don't eat. It's weird the things that you don't think about in your life that are a huge fucking deal. <laughs> that are like a big enough deal for China to put on their list of war things. <laughs> All parties need to implement the Black Sea Grain Initiative signed by Russia, Turkey, Ukraine, and the UN fully and effectively in a balanced manner and support the UN in playing an important role in this regard. Like if you read through it, they mention like this is not saying like and China should be in charge of they're sure. they're, they're pointing out over and over like existing international organizations they're they're talking about the China supports the International Atomic Energy Agency like Take that for for what it is. It does not seem to be asserting that the people making this statement should be the ones to run the whole thing, which does seem to happen. <laughs> Yo, you got a problem? Uh, we'll solve it. Uh, check out your economy while the United States dissolves it. Ice. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> didn't just baby. think of that. <laughs> that wasn't. I actually did. I didn't know where. That wasn't just off that the going. dome. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I don't really have anything further to say on that. I, I wish that more uh, superpowers would take ending this conflict seriously because it makes me more and more suspicious how few don't. It's almost like they don't want the thing to end. It's almost like they were approaching peace deals back in April uh, of last year, and then Boris Johnson uh, told Zelensky, hey, if you do that, you, you, you may find yourself not alive anymore. And then suddenly peace, nego- peace talks fell apart. Yeah, people... People value their lives. It's fucked up. Zelensky literally got elected on a a pro-peace platform. Like, he was as successful in his campaign as he was because he said, hey, I'm going to chill shit out with Russia. Don't worry about it. And in the beginning, that's what he seemed to be trying to do. And then, weirdly, that all went away as soon as a few other world leaders had meetings with him. But these are going to be called conspiracy theories. What do you have to talk about today, Beatrice? Oh, I wanted to talk about student loans. Because Please. <clears throat> so, as everybody knows... Are they uh, forgiven? I've well, been told Biden forgave them. Well, as everyone knows, I am an elderly woman, right? I'm in my 80s or 90s. <laughs> I enjoy gardening, but I've got a grandson or a great grandson and yeah, one or the other, he's been paying student loans and he's probably going to keep paying student loans forever. Um, but yeah, they keep saying maybe they will, maybe they won't. Right. So right now the, uh, there it's in the Supreme court. So the article I'm looking at now, six states challenge Biden's student loan forgiveness plan at the Supreme court. So the way it is right now is the Supreme Court is basically deciding, is this worth their time even? And I think it's looking negative for the for the student loans being forgiven. And my question is, what kind of asshole sues the government to make things harder for everybody? <laughs> the... I I listened to a very long podcast about the Supreme Court, and it's not that I like the people who uh, ha, who were plucked from from the country who were determined to have standing. I don't necessarily think they're great people, but the way Supreme Court cases work, somebody know they know they're going to bring the shit to the Supreme Court, yeah, and they have to find. But you can't just like as a lawyer say I don't like this. A law is being broken. Let's freaking Supremes deal with this shit. Unfortunately, unfortunately, actually kind of fortunately, somebody has to have uh, what is legally called standing. It has to affect you in some way. I can't go sue the government about the Ohio train derailment, for instance, because I don't live in Ohio. I haven't been affected by it. They would need somebody who lives in Ohio who has experienced the harm, and that gives them legal standing to go do the shit in the court. So if it wasn't these exact people, it was going to be somebody. Like They were going to find somebody who who met the legal definition of standing so they could then start working that shit up through the appeals process, whatever, to get to the Supreme Court. Exactly. And so uh, one of the people taking this to the Supreme Court is in Missouri. And although they have no association with the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, they are saying that this student loan forgiveness plan hurts this organization. So therefore it is illegal. Although the person taking it to the they they have no standing because they actually have nothing to do with this government organization that they allege is going to suffer from the student loan forgiveness. 
And do you, uh, can you tell everybody what was their standing? Like, how do they say they've been harmed? That so that was how. So um, the biggest. Oh, stick- by hurting the thing. Yes. I thought it was that they that so, they were denied because they were means tested and determined to be too rich. So to so today they hung their argument on the client on the claim that if loans are discharged, the Biden plan could end up depriving the state of Missouri of revenue from the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, known as Mohela. Mohela is an independent corporation set up by the state that services student debt. But it explicitly did not join this lawsuit, a fact both liberal and conservative justices pounced on. I'm glad you brought that to me because that is that is not how I've, I've heard it framed. I heard it that two people tried to get student loan forgiveness and they were denied it. And that's why they're suing. <laughs> but OK, that's well, an even sillier reason. Well, not in this particular yeah, in this particular case in Missouri. That's not the case. So and yeah, Justice Kagan uh, quoted Usually we don't allow one person to step into another's shoes and say, I think that that person suffered a harm, even if the harm is very great. So, yes, the people taking the case have nothing to do with the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, but they're saying this organization will suffer. It's bullshit. And that organization that they allege is going to suffer isn't taking it, you know, isn't putting it up the ladder. I'm reading through the article you've linked, and it, it mm-hmm. seems weirdly optimistic. It seems so optimistic that I am now, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. Is, this the, M- is to- this the NPR article? <laughs> I'm looking at, nah, CNBC. Yes. So, if we look at the CNBC article, yeah. So, I was reading this after I sent it to you, and yeah, this is like propaganda, right? <laughs> I wonder, I mean. Because it's optimistic to the point of it being silly. Uh so the CNBC article titled Biden administration lawyer may have saved student loan forgiveness plan at Supreme Court, experts say, is just paragraphs about. So re- what really happened was that a Biden administration lawyer testified about the student loan forgiveness plan. What the article says is that she like blew everybody's fucking minds about how great it is. And I I think it is great. I think it makes sense. I think she's right. But um, yes, you're right, Pepper. Oddly optimistic. And if you know anything about the Supreme Court, they don't give a shit about this lady and what she has to say. They've already made up their minds. I don't even think it's necessarily that like they're... That the the trick is that oh they're setting us up to be super disappointed by the student loan forgiveness is not a like if, if we're gonna analyze this the way that I've been trying to like look at the world and make sense of things in a way that is not uh, entirely based on my emotions and trying to predict like some weird Disney plot line that may or may not be taking place getting student loans forgiven isn't like it doesn't change the arrangement of power. It only temp it wipes out debt for a specific current group of people, and as people uh, people who I disagree with will point out, often point out, people are just going to keep going to college, keep getting student loans, and there will be just be a new set of people who are in crazy student debt in another generation. And yes, even if they wipe out all of student loans today, that is what will happen because th- this isn't a law that like restructures how student debt works. Yeah, it doesn't restructure how education in America works. Yeah, it's just wiping out a balance for a, a very specific group of people once. So I so, so I agree with that. I agree. This doesn't solve the problem. 
but why so why not do it still <laughs> right like it's very good like if you give a homeless guy 20 bucks it doesn't solve his homeless problem but it's still a nice thing to do right <laughs> this might be a one of those because the only way you can get the ruling class to do nice stuff for you is to scare them that if they don't do something that, oh, fuck, it's been too long since we did something nice for the peasants. And they're yeah, going to do a revolt. That's the bottom stop line. Stop being cooperative. It's, that's the bottom line is it's us asking for something nice to be done. And and it's going to. Yeah. And there's but there's fucking regular people among us with like gravy in their heads that would argue against something like this that makes so much sense. If they're arguing in favor of a more permanent of, of an actual sure. solution to the issue, Fair. cool. But I mean, either way, it's not going to be like instead of getting rid of student loan debt, well, we should. Well, the re- it's yeah, like no, you need to do both. You got to like wipe it out, and then the real also- problem is that higher education has been allowed to become a predatory industry. Not just the for-profit ones, the good ones, too, are predatory. And a lot of it has to do with the way that the student loans are, you know, you and a lot of it was uh, architect by Biden, right? <laughs> he made it so you cannot discharge student loans uh, with, with bankruptcy. bankruptcy. Yeah, which is a huge him, deal. Could. That's a huge deal. It yes. makes them a completely different kind of loan that makes it so... You're, you're stuck. This weird, cursed, forever loan where you have the mark on you and you can never remove the mark. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. It's If you can't pay it off, it's a class signifier. I, yes, I went to college, but I'm one of those that is still paying for it forever. <laughs> well, it, you you kind of end up in this weird, like, neo-indentured servitude where, haha, you have your degree, but now you must work forever and ever and, like, a thousand hours a week and, ah. And... <laughs> And, you get stuck. and giving, you know, hundreds of thousands of people $20,000 would go a long way to taking that away from a big part of a generation, which I think would make a difference. You're right. It wouldn't solve the problem. But so what? You should still do it. <laughs> Both like from my academic standpoint, my ideological background, all this shit help anything that helps the workers. Yeah, do it. I would never be out there campaigning against student loan forgiveness. I hope that people take this as like a yes. I hope they yes. And this to use improv sure. terminology, it will free up people's money so they can then have more resources to effectively struggle. Like that's why, that's why I think the fight to raise the minimum wage, even though raising the minimum wage does not solve fucking anything. It just, that just increased prices. Eggs cost $4. Now, everybody, even if you make $15 an hour, <laughs> like it now costs more yes, to live. But it's all, it's I all would never up. say don't it's do all that. Imaginary. The price of shit and how much people are paid. It's yeah. all, it's pretend. I don't want to raise cost. Uh, I don't want to raise wages as much as I want to lower cost of living. If, if everybody's wages stayed the same and everything cost half what it does right now, woo! Yeah. <laughs> that would be a, probably a more significant change because they like, oh, if they just raised prices again, it'd be like, oh, well, look, you clearly just undid the change. But I am still in favor of raising people's wages because that gives people like you stop struggling quite as hard for at least a second. So you might have more time and resources to dedicate to actually overthrowing your bosses. Like you get that victory and then you keep going. The only victories you'll ever make are ones you have enough leverage to like kind of force to happen. And I wonder how the like we've been going through a lot. The workers have had to deal with a crazy inflation wages staying about the same uh despite this job market 
if if econo- if economics worked the way that we are told they are, our wages should be going through the freaking roof right now. People need employees so bad, and they aren't paying anymore for them. So maybe this is the like, all right, please don't riot. We'll take away your student loans. Happy? It's like, yeah, for one day, and I'm coming right back tomorrow. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I hope I I fucking hope we get our loans <laughs> like that affects me personally. I, I would have uh, not all of my student loans forgiven, but getting the twenty k or whatever would be something. I think it's a good transition. The so the student loans. One thing that you know we're asking the we're asking the owner the owning class to give us. Another thing we're asking the owner class to give us is respect for marriage. We are hearing about the Respect for Marriage Act. If you remember, it passed, I think, either late last year or early this year. And the way it was marketed was that, oh, see, we just lost the right. (laughs) They just took back the temporary permission they gave us to have abortions. Uh, We don't want them to also take back the temporary permission we've been granted to marry who we want. So the Democrat saviors quickly got th- <laughs> it's it's been around for years that's why I say quickly quickly got through the Respect for Marriage Act. Do does the average person know what that act actually does? Cuz if they do I'm just off base and I'm like talking conspiracies where I shouldn't or should I say false marketing, false advertising is really what I'm talking about. Um speaking like, what speak- do you what's your understanding? Yeah, speaking for the average person, I will say uh no, I don't know what it is. I um it rings a bell. It rings a bell. It was one of those things that we were supposed to be happy about. And when people say, why would I vote for Biden? They'll point that they'll say, well, he, pa- he passed the Respect for Marriage Act. And what other other candidate would not do that? What the Respect for Marriage Act does is it means if you already are gay married or married at all, uh, it forces other states to recognize that marriage. And that's not nothing that's not literally well, at the nothing ri- at, the, at the risk of sounding but it ignorant, means like didn't the supreme court rule that uh, gay marriage legal it, and that would have been after this right obergefell yes. v hodges says you can that you must be allowed to get gay married yes. that if there's marriages mar- marriages are equal it does okay, allow yes. counties to get around that by they they can just stop issuing marriage licenses completely but they aren't allowed to only issue straight marriage licenses. And that was 2015. Licenses. If they're doing marriage licenses, yeah. That was the Obama big deal. Hooray. <laughs> people still talk about people in the rainbow community still point to this as like, wow, oh, they did this for us. And it's going to go away again because they didn't actually do it. They just got like this one decision happen. So the Respect for Marriage Act does not like solidify Obergefell into law. It protects pre-existing unions if you're already married so if you can afford to like if because states right now are trying to uh, pass legislation that is banning gay marriage and if you happen to be a worker that lives in one of those states and gay marriage gets banned you could in theory just like with abortions go to a state that will still let you get gay married and then come home and then fucking i don't know blank insert a state because i don't want to shit on anybody's states to act superior to people but like oh you dumb rednecks uh, well, if it's safe that, that it would be unconstitutional, right? Yeah, they could not deny your existing marriage license that oh, you got I from see. somewhere else. They they would be legally able to just not issue a, issue you gotcha. a marriage license. So if you can afford to travel and get gay married, cool. If you can afford to travel and get your abortion, gotcha. cool. So understood. <laughs> but it. 
It's not a purely symbolic gesture. It's not literally nothing, but it is so close to nothing that it makes me mad, especially since the marketing was that, oh, look, we're doing it. We're putting gay marriage into law. But no, we've only put respect for gay marriage into law. So they can look at you and say, I respect your marriage. No, you can't have one. <laughs> yeah. That marriage that I respect, you can't have one. Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I respect it. Yeah, somewhere else. Not here. Yeah, in fucking Vermont. Go have that shit. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like the message you get when like evangelicals come to your house and try to convince you. It's like, no, no, no. I respect your religion. Go away. <laughs> oh, my God. One time, um, Mormons came to my house and my dad invited them in. And he's like having coffee with them for like an hour and a half. And they're like, we got to go. And I'm like, usually it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, your your dad like Midwestern <laughs> goodbye to them and be like, man, we have shit to exactly. do today. We the gotta Mormons get are like, hey, we're not converting you. You're a pleasant guy to chat with, but <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> the people I wish would stop coming to my house are people trying to sell me solar panels. Oh yeah, I have nothing against solar panels, but. It's this, they just want to get you in solar panel debt. Yes. They put a lien on your house to pay for the solar panels and then you like pay them off over the rest of your life. And they're like, they're free. And it's like, sure. So is a car. If I get a lease, it's free. I only have to pay once a month or they take it back. Yeah. Those people suck. I tell them I'm not the homeowner and they're like, we don't care. We'll secretly put, <laughs> put panels on your apartment while you're, uh, while you're away or whatever. Where does your landlord sleep? We'll break in. <laughs> we'll break in. We'll put solar panels on his face. <laughs> he'll be unable to resist. And he'll take it off of your rent. <laughs> it's like, okay, go ahead, I guess. If that's what you do, if that's how it works. So to, to, to conclude my thoughts on the Respect for Marriage Act, it's not that it does nothing, but you know that people were marketed into, ah, a success is happening for the LGBTQ community. Well, the Democrats will never de deliver those gains to us or anyone because, like, then they would be able to stop, like, gay washing their bullshit and being like, no, we're doing this for you. And it's like, but look what you have done for us. It's essentially nothing. You make these fights so you then can pretend to fight them so we'll then maybe vote for you. Like, the same thing they've done with, with various uh, minority and oppressed groups over the course of the party's history. Also, it's like... And that takes me to my last well, thing. Well, it's them saying, it's them saying, here's a little thing that you can have, but really they shouldn't be able to say that you can have that. Yeah, ideally, the, if the power structure is actually getting rearranged, it wouldn't be so easy to just take it back because, ah, whoops, the plan that the Democrats provide us with, which is the same one the Republicans provide us with, like, the only reason I don't talk so much shit on the Republicans is not because I have less shit to talk, but they didn't lie and say they're going to do all this shit for me. They said, fuck you. Like, day one, they're like, middle <laughs> finger. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, let's go talk to the people who are like, no, we love you. We want to help you. Exactly. We care about you, the worker. I know the Republicans are full of shit. They come out every day and say it. Exactly. We're full of shit. It's obvious, yeah. <laughs> it's So my final bit of is the exact same uh, line of thinking. Uh, like within the last week, 
it isn't a fully completed process, but you might have, uh, if you're a Nevada person and pay attention to Nevada politics, it is the state that had... I don't know if it's the highest percentage. The Democratic Socialists of America have made a ton of gains in Nevada, mostly off of the backs of the uh, the union, the uh, like housekeeper union, I think it is. The union that is all of the people who work in Vegas and do the, the shitty jobs in Vegas, like the clean your rooms and your vomit and like mop up your puke. Sure, <laughs> yeah. You, of course, yeah. That, that, that very <laughs> influential union. They are, like, seriously, they are extremely influential there because, like, they are the biggest singular unionized chunk of the working class that supports so much of Nevada's economy is gambling in Vegas. Do you you think Chumley from Pawn Stars is in that union? Chumley from (laughs) Pawn... You got a lot of information in that one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I did not realize the name or the location... It's all there for me now. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) They must be in Vegas. Yes, there's a TV show called Pawn Stars. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's it's about a pawn shop in Vegas, and there's a character named Chumley. Yeah. Yeah, you figured it out. You got it. You got it all. (laughs) I am familiar with Pawn Stars because that show had a very fake, very staged segment where like a bunch of furries walk in in full fursuit. And I guess they're like the bit is that they're trying to sell their fursuits. And while they're wearing like palette cleanser. I know it's the fakest. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, get in there. See what happens. Like we got them. We got the film crew together. We got three extras. We gave five dollars to go and be on Pawn Stars. It's like a palate cleanser bit between like some lady who's like, my husband died for this. It's like, yeah, it's like, like this is a Nazi off. skull. My, <laughs> my husband like fished out of a fucking trench. <laughs> I was say, what if it's like my husband yeah, decapitated yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, he brought it home in his duffel bag. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'd pay it. You went to fucking... I'd pay five bucks for that. <laughs> so in Nevada, the Democratic Socialists had a had a uh, have a pretty strong foothold, like as strong as a foothold as, as in any state legislature, like state, local, all that stuff. And uh, one of the reasons, if I say force the vote, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. This was the beginning of like the squad's term, uh, beginning of Biden's yeah. admin. They were going to force the vote for uh, Medicare for all. How are they going to do this? Well, every time there's a new session of the House of Representatives, they have to elect their speaker. And it's usually a procedural. It's like a formal thing. We're like, yeah, we all know it's Nancy Pelosi. Going to vote for her. Moving on. Uh, the way they could force that vote, there was a small enough majority. It's That's a, the whole of the House votes for this. It's not uh-huh. just the Democrats. So if the, they need a majority, and if your party has the majority, that's how it works out. That's how you vote for your majority leader. Everybody votes for the same guy, you win. This just happened uh, with uh, in the Republicans. McCarthy, they were trying to, they, well, he, he is. It, it worked out. They, the Republicans were like, look, we have a majority of like two people. And like seven of us really want us uh, some stuff. We want these committee assignments. We want you to vote on this. We want to go Most of it kind of sucked because it's the Republicans, and by default, that's the kind of things they try to get passed. Some of it not even bad. They're asking for like more oversight on committees and things that should have more more oversight, in my opinion. But the point of me saying all this is they forced votes. They said we will not vote for the guy you want, McCarthy, Kevin Ma- Kevin McCarthy. I think I don't know if it's McCarthy or McCarthy. I, always I, fuck I think that it's M- McCarthy. I'm pretty sure they forced concessions and they were forced to bend to what this small group of people wanted. 
because that's just how it works. You have to get these votes, or you can't start doing stuff in in uh, the house until you have a leader, yeah. the majority leader. They want the proposal with force the vote was to do this exact same thing, but to Nancy Pelosi, because we had the squad and a few other like the Progressive Caucus, like seven or eight people who could hold up that vote because the majority was so slim. And the thing they were supposed to force the vote on was Medicare for all. We were all horny about Bernie Sanders. We're like, oh well, shit, he did lose, but. We got the squad in there, and they're going to force the vote, and they're going to make all these things happen. It's not that it would make Medicare for All happen magically, but it would make people get on the fucking record. Medicare for All is is popular with a majority of Republicans, let alone Democrats. So this would force a ton of Republicans and Democrats to vote against it, and it'd be really, really embarrassing for them. Or they'd have to, or they'd get scared and vote yes, and then who knows? Like it wouldn't have gone. Still have to pass the Senate. Still has to get not vetoed by the president, who I'm pretty sure would have vetoed Medicare for all because he sucks. <laughs> but, but anyway, they didn't do that. They didn't do any of that, and we were told we were not allowed to force the vote because if we did, then Nancy Pelosi would get mad at us, and they wouldn't put our people on committees where they could do the real change, that they would fuck with the Nevada DSA people and get them all kicked off their stuff. This was one of the reasons that we were told that force the vote was a bad idea that we couldn't go through because it would just hurt us in the end. When I say us, I mean progressives, like people who are trying to get better conditions for all of the working people, supposedly what the Democrats are trying to do. This week, Assemblywoman Assemblywoman Danielle Monroe Moreno was elected chair of the Nevada State Democratic Party. So you know, every state has their own like chairs of these two parties. And the state chair of Nevada is now Democrat Danielle Monroe Moreno. The, they ousted the incumbent chair, Judith Whitmer. Judith Whitmer is a big star in the Democratic Socialists of America. She was running the Democratic Party of Nevada. And we're like, oh my God, we're doing it. We're taking over. We're going to change the party from the inside. Much like how when I eat a McMuffin, it changes me from the inside. <laughs> Moreno, uh, Monroe Moreno led a self-styled unity, in quotes, slate of candidates, touting a bid to reform, the reform, not just reform, to reform the party's inner workings following a split between the Whitmer-controlled state party and a separate group, Nevada Democratic Victory, or NDV, in 2021. So the Democrats, the, the like, I guess, Orthodox Democrats uh, in Nevada, separated, reformed their own party, and then... Like took back over the DSA. Oh, the DSA's taken over. They couldn't do shit. They were blocked from every committee. They were blocked from doing anything of actual substance. They were kept out of like certain data they like weren't allowed to use to then that would then kneecap them from being able to win re-election. The Democratic Party pulled out all of the stops to keep people who were like duly elected by their own like constituency because they're the tiniest, tiniest bit left more progressive whatever the hell that means in america (laughs) of the normal nevada democratic party so maybe we should put every bit of our energy into electing as many like good democrats as we can so then when push comes to shove they can get kicked off committees and driven out of politics even though they were elected by us (laughs) does my is my point clear yeah i think your point is clear i think your point is clear uh let me share in the chat here, um, picture of Chumley from Pawn Stars. This is a, this is a palette cleanser. Good. I do. I do. <laughs> okay. 
I, I've seen the, I've seen this guy before. <laughs> what see like is this like current him? No, or no, he's, have I seen him he's also actually as like a teenager? Really skinny. In fact, I uh, I think that he like beat his wife or has drugs or something happened to him. <laughs> he's like in jail. Like beat her in a race? <laughs> no, like beat her no, in, a, he, in a democratic election? I don't think so. Yeah, no, he he beat oh, her in categories. That's much worse. <laughs> <laughs> and then he committed. Dom- he beat her in Minecraft. And then he committed domestic violence against her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at domestic violence. It is not funny. <laughs> no, 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 it spouse. isn't. It, it isn't. But the wordplay yeah, is funny. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. But no, I think he's a bad man, actually. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Even uh, even our pawn stars aren't good people anymore. <laughs> well, especially our pawn stars, I would say. This is this is truly Biden's America, Trump's America. I don't know which is funnier in this case to say. Actually, I th- I'm pretty sure pawn stars started in the Obama era, so. <laughs> so oh, I don't know. Thanks, I, Obama. <laughs> I don't think that individual, like the Demo- when I say DSA and I'm, I'm shitting on them, I'm not shitting on like every one of their members. I'm not saying that every same thing when I talk about Democrats, the actual voters are the vast majority of them are working class, normal ass people. They are like our brothers and sisters, our friends and neighbors. I don't think that they're evil. I think people of the DSA are much like when I joined the DSA. They're looking for something that is a change, that is an alternative, really to take over the Democratic Party. That's always what I thought it was about. I thought the point was like, hey, we don't like what's happening, and we're going to try to change it from the inside by getting our own people elected. And we, they've been elected, and they can't do anything. Like nothing, they can they can wear a dress to the Met Gala that says "Tax the Rich" on it. That's like the most AOC has actually done while in office. They don't even vote as a block. They don't push issues where they can't. They don't cause a ruckus like she told us to do. They come in. They're good boys and girls, and they vote the way they're supposed to vote. Or they're like Katie Porter. Katie Porter is the lady who you'll see in memes where she pulls out a whiteboard and she's talking to CEOs and she's like, hey, how much do you think your company made this year? Well, it seems that you fucked over this many people. And then the guy sits there like, oh, and they're awesome videos. I love the yeah. videos. because Yes, I, I love that lady. She was taken off of every committee. Well, the one committee that she was put on, she was pulled right off that shit as soon as they didn't force the vote. Why didn't they force the vote? To get committee appointments. Yeah. So the, and they didn't. Yeah. The apparatus is the problem, and if you work within the apparatus, you just are made part of it, or you are rejected. You cannot change it from the inside any more than a McMuffin can change me from the inside. I eat it. I take the nutrients that are useful to me, and I expel the rest, just like the Democratic Party. Elegant analogy. Damn, that was a fucking good line that was kind of about shitting. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was a well, one beautiful analogy. Very classy. <laughs> I heard somebody, they were like, yes, we'll change them in, from the inside, much like a, a like a chicken from the inside of a wolf. <laughs> it was, I think, how it was like put a little more poetically. You need to write that like on a on a petal of a flower and just let the wind take it away. Take an Instagram photo with that text. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the text across. Yeah. <laughs> Inspirational excellent. text. Great idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, this has been Last Minute Politics. Woo. 
I'm, I don't, I'm not, I would be like, oh, I'm not intoxicated today. I'm of clear and sound mind. Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, uh, yes, it's been I'm, a little wild. I'm drinking starry lemon lime. What is, star, is starry just what, did they lose the rights to Sierra Mist? Yeah, it's just Sierra Mist, but, but I like it better. <laughs> I'm glad you agree that it just is exactly Sierra. <clears throat> it's Sierra Mist, but for some reason I prefer it. I don't, maybe it's just the colors on the can. I don't know, but I like it yeah, better. the name and logo are. Yeah. So I th- like the name and logo. This episode brought to you by Starry. <laughs> no. Yeah, Starry would like to overthrow the, <laughs> overthrow the neoliberal hegemony. Uh. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Yeah, they fully endorse every single thing said in this podcast. <laughs> yes, they pay for this podcast. They, uh, they're, they're, I'm reaching off screen right now to collect a check. Yes, exactly for, right. For for Starry by Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm no, I'm fine. I had a really good time. I had a lot of fun. I'm very, I'm glad you're here. Somebody in the chat said I gotta drink me I gotta drink me some Starry, but they spelled it S T A R R I, and I wish that was I would drink that even more. Maybe that's the next one. It's just Sierra Mist, but one percent better. They should write that on the can, actually. One percent better than Sierra Mist. <laughs> yes. This has been Last Minute Politics. We appreciate your time. Um build worker power outside of the uniparty because if you don't nothing will actually change which doesn't mean i think you're like a bad person if you vote a certain way i think the elections are essentially a show they put on to be like look the american people approve of this bullshit we are doing where over and over people clearly don't and if you're voting for a lesser evil you definitely don't just like oh see they all approved of everything that i did and that's been said for years we're just all back to the I voted for Kalax sketch and freaking Simpsons and or Futurama. I can't remember. Uh, yes. Uh, don't blame Treehouse me. Treehouse of Horror, right? Yes. Yes. That's the Simpsons. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Kodos. <laughs> that was Kalax. <laughs> don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. I used to have a bumper sticker that said that on my old car. <laughs> I'll vote for a third party candidate. <laughs> Go ahead. Throw your vote away. <laughs> Actually, this I'm a you you confusing that with Futurama is interesting cuz it's written by the same guy. The guy oh, yeah. the guy that wrote that episode is uh David X Cohen. Oh. <laughs> you mean even writing, not even just like created by the same guy. That was literally a, one of the same writers. Yes, David X Cohen wrote that episode <laughs> of The Simpsons. And he's the co-creator of Futurama. Yeah, that's probably why they feel so vibe similar. All right, we're going to yell bye at the same time. Bye! Bye!